envy not the givers in the crowd, earning praise for their generous deeds, for they have received their reward. But for those who give in secret, more shall be given unto them. They shall be called blessed, the true saints. The restorers of streets to dwell in. Church Unlimited today. Thanks so much for joining us. For those of you who don't know, there's about 10 different campuses watching us right now, live stream all across South Texas. So thanks again for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys. Love those guys. For those of you who don't know, we have two prison campuses, and so we have people that actually serve and go to church behind bars, and God is moving mightily through them. And so, in fact, they're growing. They're actually really growing. It's really cool. So very thankful for them as well. Again, thanks for being a part of our services today. Thanks for joining us as we start a brand new series as well called Born to Make an Impact. Thank you for being a part of our services today. Please pull out your notes if you would. We're talking about how you are meant to make an impact. God designed you and built you to do great things and to make an impact in this world. And that actually starts in the church because you are the church. And so God has called us to make an impact even right here in the local church. We can really make a huge impact around the world. I heard about this guy. He got hit by a bus and he's laying on the ground dying. And he says to a police officer, runs up to him, he says, a priest, I need a priest. The police officer turns around, looks at the small crowd gathering and says, is there a priest in the crowd? About 30 seconds in, no one moves. Finally, an older man steps up and says, I'm not a priest. I'm not even a Christian, but I've lived behind the Catholic Church for 20 years, and I hear their services every night, so maybe I can share something I've heard them say over and over again. He says, that'd be great. Anything will help this guy out. So he leans over to the dying guy, and he says, B-19, I-34, N-5, bingo. What are we known for in the church? It seems like our churches are more known for bingo and potluck meals than we are for changing the world. But God wants us to make an impact on the world. God has called the church to be the change agent of the world. The only organization Jesus ever started was the local church. And so we are called to be a difference maker in this world. So how do we actually do that? Pull out your notes today. I want to give you some things to do. I want to give you four simple uh, points about how you were born for this. You were born to make an impact with your life today. So pull out your notes. Let's jump right into scripture. It says in John 18 verse 37, Jesus said, for this cause I was born. He said this, by the way, hours before he gave his life for us on the cross. He said, for this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. He says, this is why I was born. This is important to understand. He gave his life for us, and once we receive Christ, we become a Christ follower. We become what he calls the church. We are the church. It's the people. It's not the buildings. It's the people. And so you and I are the church, and we are the church what? Unlimited. We truly believe that. So if you're taking those, first thing I want you to write down, number one, is this is the greatest cause of all time. Everyone needs to be saved. 
Now, you may have a great cause. You say, oh, pastor, that's great, but I got a big cause. It means a, a lot to me. I'm really into, you know, no more lawsuit abuse. Great cause. I understand that. It certainly bankrupts businesses. Sure, I understand. Okay, great cause. You know, but, but you may say, oh, no, pastor, my cause, man, what I'm really into is I don't like cruelty to animals. I understand that. I don't want people to be cruel to animals either. Good cause. Great cause. That's awesome. Or how about, oh, pastor, I, I really believe, you know, in feeding impoverished children around the world. So do I. I think it's a great cause. I totally get that. We do that as a, as a church, by the way. I don't know if you're aware of that, but we actually completely support 100% of the meals at an orphanage in Haiti. I totally get that. I believe that. But what good does it do with all those causes if you feed children their whole lives, they grow up to be grown adults, getting all the nutrition, and they die without Jesus? See, at the end of the day, the greatest cause is the local church because we have the answer to this world. Everyone needs to be saved. That's the greatest cause. I understand there's a lot of good causes out there, but I believe this is the one that God wants all of us to be a part of. Again, support all those other things, great. But at the end of the day, at the end of life, you got to have Jesus to go to heaven, which means that we've got to get the word out. We've got to do our job. It is our job to make an impact in this world. So how do we do that? This is why we believe that the church has always got to be growing. Why? Because more people are getting saved and therefore coming into the church and beginning to become disciples of Christ. And so that means we should always be making room for more people all the time. People say, isn't the church big enough, pastor? That's like saying to the rest of the world that doesn't know Jesus, go to hell. I'm not willing to say that. I believe God has called us to reach people and, and, and to never stop doing that. I'm not counting how many people are here. I'm counting those who are not here yet that we still need to reach. Well, the thing that kept coming to my mind as I wrote this message was this. You don't get it yet. I don't think you're understanding this. You don't get it. We are called by God to do this for the rest of our lives. I don't care what you do. This is the cause. This is what we're about. This is why the church exists. It's to get people into heaven. That's what we're supposed to do. I have devoted my life to this and will continue to devote my life to this because our job is to take as many before we die. That's our job, to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die. That's not just a slogan, guys. I really believe that. And honestly, we could sit back if it wasn't for that. But there is a heaven and there's a hell, and people have one of those destinies in front of them, and if they don't know Jesus, they're not going to heaven. And so that's why... We push forward. That's why we don't stop. That's why we keep raising money to build new buildings, to reach more people. That's why we keep reaching out. That's why we keep doing the great work we do on the West Side. That's why we keep supporting missionaries. That's why we keep starting churches around the world. That's why we keep going. Because people still need the Lord. Have you heard the statistics on death? They're scary. 100 out of 100 people die. It's scary. Which means we need to prepare people. Because that day is going to come. And so that is the greatest cause of all time. And so this is, number one, the greatest cause of all time. Everyone needs to be saved. Check out the next scripture. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 says this. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. People think like, oh, and people just don't want to come to church. That's just simply not true. The problem is not that people aren't willing to come to church. The problem is there's not enough people willing to work at the church so we can have room for more people. Honestly, the problem is not... Can we get people to come to church? The problem is getting people to ask them. In other words, it, it's not that there's not people to be reached. It's that there's not people doing the reaching. It's getting people involved in making a difference and serving. Number two is this cause is worth your time. It's worth your time. 
How do you spell love? Not L-O-V-E. You spell it T-I-M-E. What you give your time to is what you love. It's true. That's, that, that shows me what you really care about. Some of you are like, I, wow, I really love Whataburger. Yes, some of you really do. <laughs> I really love Facebook. Oh, wow, I, I had no idea. I just, I love Twitter. I, I, I love, you know, whatever that happens to be, you know, right? I mean, it, it's amazing the devotion we have towards, we give our, whatever we give our time to, that's what we love. And so uh, the reason I bring this up is because some of you complain if I go five minutes over in the sermon. Oh, five whole minutes. Oh, how can we do that? Seriously? Because if you love what God's doing here, then give some more time to it. Now, I, I want to respect your time and not be late. That's not my point. My point is if you're freaking out over going five over, then how in the world are you ever going to give another hour of your time to serve? We need to be comfortable saying, Lord, I want to give you some of my time. We're not asking for all your time. Jesus said to his disciples when he went to pray at the Garden of Gethsemane, and he went and he said, I'm going to go pray. You guys pray too. He came back and they were all asleep on the job. And he's like, couldn't you give me one hour? I think Jesus is saying that to us today. He said, could you give me one more hour? Can you give me just a little more time? This cause is worthy of your time. You can make an impact by signing up to serve today. Before we go any further, I want to just encourage you to be here next week as we talk about the series, because next week, I'm really excited about there's, there, there. There's a, a point in next week's message that really teaches you whatever your struggle is, whatever your problem is, whatever area is not going well in your life, we're going to give you one simple way to immediately make an impact about that next week. Don't miss next week as we talk about that immediate impact, what you can do right now. So be sure to be here for that. Before we go any further, check out this video. My name is Chad Dittman, and this is my wife, Amber Dittman. Uh, we've been attending Church Unlimited since 2009, and we've enjoyed every minute of it. When we first started coming here, it was, it was an experience like I'd never seen before. I saw the music and the, the lights and all the excitement that was going on here at Church Unlimited. So when we first started coming here, it was new. We were coming here for about eight years. Um, had never served, you know, really never put that bug into our ear. And then Pastor Bill is preaching a message on serving. And Chad's like, that is something we need to do. We signed up and Amber's like, well, how are we going to fit that into our lives? And I'm like, we're going to fit it into our lives. God will move things out of our lives to make it more important. And God truly has. And now we serve in multiple ministries. And, uh, you know, we're tonight will be our first time serving in, at Rodfield in the students' ministry. And we just can't wait to be a part of it. Serving will change your life. Like, not only does it make an impact on you, shaking people's hands at the door, putting a smile on their face, um, it really touches us more than they think it touches them. If you're thinking about serving, I think it's one of the best decisions you can ever make. Once you make that first step, you're going to feel like a different person, and you'll feel that excitement and that you're truly a part of the Church Unlimited family. You know, I don't know if we would be alive today if it had not been for Church Unlimited and Pastor Bill and all the leaders that are here. We were going down a treacherous path, and Church Unlimited has truly saved our marriage and saved our lives, and we just can't wait for the next chapter here at Church Unlimited. You know, my favorite part of that video was when they said they had been coming here for eight years before they started to serve. Because I think a lot of people feel like, man, it's been so long. I've been coming here so long. It's embarrassing. I'm just now even considering signing up. Don't be embarrassed. Just do it. Just, just, just get involved. There's, there's no expiration date in this. Like, well, shouldn't you get involved right away? I mean, that'd be great if you would. But if it's been, you know, you've been here for eight weeks or eight years, either way, why don't you just say, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to do this. I'm just going to figure out a place that I can serve, a place that I can make a difference. The Dittmans did it. Those guys are like rock stars around here. We love them. 
Everyone that knows him, like, oh, yeah, the guy with the crazy jackets, I love him. You know, and they serve and, and, and they make an impact. They're just, just their smiling faces and handshakes makes an impact. You can make a difference too. You know, there's a lot of, of adults that went to student camp with us just a few weeks ago. And they all sign up to do the same thing. They all sign up to make an impact in students' lives, but they all come back saying, wow, that impacted my life. Time and again, it, this happens when we sign up to do ministry, we're thinking, I'm going to help someone else. And then we ourselves end up getting the help. We ourselves are the ones that are ministered to. So you really can make a huge impact just by saying, you know what, this is worthy of my time. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to make a difference. By the way, if you serve right now at your church, at whatever church you're at right now, would you stand to your feet so we could just honor you right now? If you serve in any capacity here at Church Unlimited, would you stand to your feet? Let's give all these servants a hand right now. Look at all these wonderful people around you. So grateful for you. Thank you so much. So grateful for you. We couldn't do what we do without those who serve and make an impact. And so it is worthy of your time. Look at Deuteronomy 23. It says this, When you make a vow to the Lord your God, be prompt in fulfilling whatever you promised him. For the Lord your God demands that you promptly fulfill all your vows or you will be guilty of sin. However, if it is not a sin to refrain from making a vow, but once you have voluntarily made a vow, be careful to fulfill your promise to the Lord your God. What does this mean? Number three, the cause is worthy of your follow-through. The cause is worthy of your follow-through. So how are we doing our follow-through? Let's take a look at this right now. So here is our big board. We have now had 1,336 people commit to serving here at Church Unlimited just in the last few weeks. Give it up for yourselves, guys. That's awesome. That's a lot of people. Praise God, right? That's all campuses. That's incredible. So then let's say, how, how are we doing? How's the follow-through? Now, it's only been a few weeks, so don't be discouraged when you see, see the numbers. It's okay. So we have that many people signed up. Now, those who have filled out the background check and gone through training are 269 of the 1,336. And out of that, now we have 142 that have already started serving. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a little bit of a drop-off. Would you agree with me? So we need people not only to sign up, but to follow through. And so we want to make this a little easier on you. So right now, in your bulletin, those of you who have already signed up or are going to sign up today... Pull out the background check. You can actually fill it out right now, and then you can just drop that in the offering bucket at the end of our service, and you'll be done with step two. So three-step process. Commit, go through the, the background check and training, and then the third one, start serving. And so some of you right now are like, okay, I don't like this, Pastor. It's a little uncomfortable. You want a background check? Why do you care about my credit? We're not looking at your credit. We don't care about what your credit is, okay? I don't, I'm not worried about what you did in 1993 on spring break. We're not worried about that, okay? So that's, that's fine, Okay. We only do it for one reason and one reason only. We want to make sure our kids are safe. Make sense? That's worth it. That's why we do that. So, and for those of you who say, oh, I can't believe you'd ask me to do that. Don't you trust me? Well, just to make it feel a little better, years ago, because we had that complaint, I said, run my name through a background check, too. I filled one out, and I ran through a background check, too. So if I can do it, you can do it. So now I barely passed, but I did. So if I can do it, I want to encourage you to do the same thing because it's to protect our children. But that's the next step. So right now, across all of our different churches, would you pull out that little form and fill that out? Go ahead and do it right now and just fill that out. That way at the end of service, it's already done. You can do it while we're preaching. We already know you're going to be looking at your phone otherwise. So just go ahead and fill the form out and drop that in the offering bucket as it goes by at the very end of our service. And you can get that done right now. But let's follow through on the commitment that we made. This is a, a true story. I love this. There's, there's a place called Wycombe, England. They have this tradition that they do every year, and I think it's brilliant. If you run for mayor or city council in their town and you win, then the very first thing you do on the first day on the job when you're sworn into your position is they weigh you on a scale in front of everyone. 
Now that would keep me from running for office right there, right? I mean, you're like, oh, I do not want to do that, right? But they weigh in, right? And the reason why is because a year later they weigh in again. Every year they do this if they're in office because they want to see if you, if you weigh more, if you weigh the same or less, they applaud you. If you weigh more than you did a year later than, than when you ran for office and won the position of mayor or city council, then they boo you. And the reason why is because that means they don't want you getting fat on taxpayer dollars. Is that not brilliant? We should totally do that here in America. Well, that is a brilliant move, right? Let me ask you something. Are you getting fat off the church? Are you coming here every week and just feeding off the truth of God's word and getting all this nutrition, but you're never serving? You got to be careful. We could just be getting fat, spiritually fat, to where we're just filling up with God's word over and over again, but we're not, do, we're not exercising off of it. We're not using our gifts, using our talents, doing anything for God. God wants us to begin to do something for him. So I want to encourage you to go from F-A-T to P-H-A-T. And to begin to serve, begin to make an impact instead of just hearing all this truth, getting all this nutrition, this, this biblical nutrition, this word of God in you, this encouragement, this motivation, but then not doing anything with it in the church. And so I want to challenge you that the cause is worthy of your follow through to get involved and to begin to serve. Look at Matthew 26, verse 27. It says, and he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Now, we know this is, the, you probably recognize it very quickly. You said, okay, that's the, yeah, it's the verse about communion, right? That's the verse about the Lord's Supper. Depending upon your, you, if you come from a church background, it's known as one or the other. It's the same thing, though. And what is, is Jesus said, right, the last time he had supper with the disciples before he gave his life, he said, hey, I want you guys, when you get together, every once in a while to... Uh, to have some wine and crackers or some bread. And when you eat the bread, remember that you're eating my body. And when you drink the wine, you're drinking the blood. Now, you're not actually literally eating Jesus' body or drinking his blood. That would be gross, okay? The symbol is, in the same way Jesus said, I'm about to sacrifice my body for you. I'm about to give my life for you, that you should be in taking sacrifice as well, okay? So many of us think about communion or, or the Lord's Supper. And if you've never taken part in that, we do that on first Wednesday, the first Wednesday of each month. We do that here at Church in Limousie. We'd love for you to join us for that. It's a very powerful time in our church, in, in our service on Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m. Love to have you. But I'm really not talking about that because we think, oh, I, it's been a while since I've done that. That's great. But let me ask you another question. When's the last time you made a sacrifice to God? Like not, not the symbol of it. That's a symbol of the sacrifice, but actually sacrifice. You know, I wear a wedding ring too, and it's a symbol of my commitment to, to my wife. This isn't my commitment to my wife. It's a symbol of my commitment. The question is, they're not, I mean, I know guys wear wedding rings that cheat on their spouses. So they may have the symbol, but they're not doing the deed. So it's really not about the symbol of communion. It's are you actually sacrificing? Not just, not just symbolizing that you are, but when's the last time you were inconvenienced for God? That you gave some time to the Lord, did something to help another person, to, to make an impact in their lives. When's the last time you gave to the Lord? You, physically, you financially gave to God's work here and in other places. When's the last time you did something that required some sacrifice that you thought, well, because I'm doing this, I can't do something else. The hour that I'm giving to God this week, extra and above, is an hour I'm not watching Netflix. The, the, the money I gave, I'm not spending at Target. I'm going to do this instead. It's, a sacrifice is when you give up something you love for something you love more. 
And so, you know, are we willing to be a people of sacrifice? Number four, the cause is worthy of your sacrifice. God wants his sacrifice. Oh, Pastor Bill, that sounds great, but you know, I can't preach like you. Uh, I can't sing like Caitlin or Bronwyn. I'm not gifted at working in students like our student team, or I'm not. Listen, don't confuse this. God's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. You don't have to have a certain talent. Just be willing to serve. Just be willing to make an impact. Be willing to make a difference. And so the cause is worthy of your sacrifice. Now, the Bible says that we're supposed to confess our sins one to another. The Bible says that. So I feel like it's only right as a pastor here that I confess my sin to you. I mean, I just feel like it's the right thing to do. And so, you know, the Bible says not to be resentful. And so I need to confess my resentment to you. There, there's, there's two members of my family that I've been quite resentful towards, and I just feel like I need to get it out there, confess my sins. So here they are. I'm confessing what's in you. The first person I'm resentful for is Lola. I'm very upset with her, <laughs> and I feel like you deserve to know why. Lola is little, and she seems cute, but I'm not going to lie to you. She will drop a log wherever she wants to, <laughs> and it's just expected that I'm going to pick it up. My wife was worried about me saying, she's like, they're going to think it's just all over her house. It's not. It's not. Okay. Because we actually have them slightly trained, but she still likes to let me know every once in a while that she's in charge, and she just drops it and just, and just leaves it like what are you going to do about that? I'm like, oh, so I have to do this, right? And so Lola, and the other thing about Lola is, is she just lays around all day long. She doesn't contribute anything. I provide food for this girl. I, I do all kinds of things for her. When she needs to go out, I have to get the door for her. I mean, I'm, t- I'm like, man, she doesn't do anything. I'm telling you right now, she's lazy and she's got an attitude. She's little with an attitude. And I now know what the word female dog means. I get that now. I'm telling you. So I'm a little resentful. I'm also resentful towards Toby. This is the other member of our family. I feel like you should know that I'm a little resentful. Now, yeah, don't, don't give me the, oh, he said, no, 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 no. That's a womanizer right there. I know for a fact because I come home all the time and catch him in bed with my wife all the time. And let me tell you about these two little critters. Let me say, they seem all cute. And see, my wife right now, she's in church right now, and she, I know her. She's going, oh, no. They're so cute. Yeah, I appreciate your cuteness, but what are you doing? You're just laying around. The other day, I was, I was at the back door, and I was peeking outside looking at Toby. Toby didn't know I was watching him. We have a pool in the backyard. To- it's a beautiful sunny day. Toby's on one side of the pool, and no one's out there and telling him that he just does it on his own. He jumps in the pool, swims all the way across, gets out on the other side like it's a movie, and just shakes off and goes and lays on one of our loungers. And that's when it hit me. I work for them. <laughs> I provide everything for them. They bring nothing to the table. They do not pay rent. They do not pay for their own food. They don't clean up after I, We do it all for them. We work for them, guys. That's when it hit me. I realized that. So let me ask you something. You know, my wife would say, but what they contribute is that they're cute. Well, I appreciate you being cute, but we need you to contribute something. So turn right now to the person next to you and ask him this question. Do you contribute here at Church Unlimited? Just ask him. Do you serve? Do you ever give? And if they say no to either of those, and look at them and say, you dog. <laughs> Just say it right now, you dog. And I know what they're going to look back and you say, but I'm cute. <laughs> look, we appreciate you showing up with your cuteness and all that. Thanks for being all here in your nice little cute Sunday best but we'd really need you to contribute a little something to the church. Is that cool? (laughs) 
Pray for me, the struggle's real. <laughs> there was a documentary film uh, producer that wanted to, wanted to film uh, a hospital. It was one of those high-end specialty research hospitals, you know, like the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic. Those are two great examples, but there's a lot of them, you know. And, and this documentary film producer really wanted to capture the essence of what these people did because it was just amazing. Our medical community, it's phenomenal what they do. It really is. If you ever go watch what they do, it's just amazing. And so he wanted to capture this on film. So he went in, he got permission from everyone to do it, and he was making this film, and he, you know, he interviewed all the different surgeons. He talked to this guy, what do you do? And the guy says, well, I'm a neurosurgeon. Here's what I do. I, I work on the brain, and this is what I do, this kind of surgery I perform, and here's my research team that I'm in charge of, and here's some of the cutting-edge technology and research we're discovering to help cure these diseases. And he was going into all the details. It was like, wow, this is just awesome, right? So then he goes and interviews some of the nurses. What do you do? Well, we prepare the, the, the patient for the surgery. So before the doctor even gets there, we already know exactly what's going on, all their vitals. We have everything ready. You know, and they went into great detail. Well, what do you do? This person says, oh, I'm one of the tech people here. I take pictures of their body. We get internal pictures to know exactly what's going on. So before they even bring the knife to the table, they know exactly where to cut, what decision to make, what to do. They can see it all before we even go in. You know, so they explain the great detail what they do. Just went to the whole hospital getting all these great, great stories of what they actually do and how they save lives. And so they went through all this. And they even went into those you know, in the administrative offices and the impact they do. And this is what we do. And we try to make the patient process more successful so we can get them the help that they need. They went through the whole thing. And as they were wrapping up and getting all this stuff and putting it up, they had all the, the, the tape they need. They, they had all this recordings so they could go back and begin to edit. As he, he was gathering his gear, his whole team was with him. They were walking out the door. And on the way out, he walked by, the producer walked by this old man with a mop in his hand. And it was one of the custodians. And this guy was really working it. I mean, he was working some spot he didn't like and he was going to get that spot out. And he was just walking by. He knows this guy. He immediately went to one of the guys, one of his camera crew guys, and said, hey, get your camera out. Okay. So he got his camera out. Okay, he says, come, come, come here. And he thought, we, 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 should, we should capture this guy. He's part of the hospital. So he says, excuse me, sir. Older gentleman, just, he was just mopping away. Excuse me, sir. Camera's on his, on his shoulder. What do you do here? The old man didn't even look up. He just said, I save lives. I save lives. 18,000 people a year die from staph infection in hospitals. That's more people annually than die of AIDS. Apparently, having a clean room in a hospital is a very big deal. See, the truth is, is that that guy got it. He didn't have to be a neurosurgeon he didn't have to be some kind of expert that does research on this or that to realize that his part also saved lives. You say, Pastor, it sounds great, but you know, I, I just work out in the parking lot. I, I, just, I work with the kids. I, I'm just working there. No, 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 no. No, you don't work in the parking lot. You save lives. You don't just work in the nursery. You save lives. That's what you do. And together... We can all make an impact. You know why? Because you were born for this. This is what God's called all of us to. Would you bow your heads with me? Across all of our churches right now with our head bowed, our eyes closed. Would we just take a moment to pray? Maybe God's speaking to you about making an impact, making a difference. Maybe God's speaking to you about serving, about finally giving a little more of your time. Maybe God's speaking to you about saying, you know what, Lord, I want to contribute to this place. I don't want to just come here. I want to, I want to make an impact. I want to make a difference.
You know, when you do that, you, you help us change lives because we're all in this together. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe your prayer today is to say, Lord, instead of praying, Lord, do you want me to serve? I, we, we don't need to ask God questions we know the answers to already. He's not going to say no. Of course he wants us to serve. The more appropriate question is, Lord, where would you like me to serve? How would you like me to use my gifts for you? How would you like me to contribute? And God will show you what that means for you. Everyone's contribution is different, but what's yours going to be? You see, God sent his own son, Jesus, to die for us. That's why he said, for this cause I was born. The cause Jesus was was brought to his earth to do was to die for you and to me, to pay the price for our sins at the cross. Then Jesus rose again, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and me to individually receive him. You can pray and you can receive Christ right now. We're going to pray it together out loud. You can pray this prayer and ask Christ into your heart. Would you pray this with me? You can just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for me. You paid the price for my sins. And you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. I repent of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Ain't God good? His word is so true.